Content Creator Pod, where you can learn how to grow your YouTube channel. Every week, a new creator joins us to share their tips. I'm Tassiani. And I'm Talisa from TJTV YouTube channel. We're on a journey to become full-time content creators. Are you ready to join us? Welcome to today's podcast episode where we're going to be talking about how you can become a full-time content creator. Being a full-time content creator looks different for everyone. It usually includes having multiple streams of income with YouTube being one piece of the puzzle. So we just want to welcome today Katrina Torrijos, who started YouTube seven years ago, has been a full-time content creator for the past three years, and is at almost 4,000 YouTube subscribers. So thank you so much, Katrina, for joining us. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, we're glad because we're excited too. And one thing we want to ask everyone who joins our podcast is what inspired you to start YouTube? Oh my gosh, it was such a long story. (laughs) Um, But I, I started YouTube when I was a sophomore in university, my second year. And I just wanted a creative outlet because like... Growing up, I've always wanted to be on TV. I wanted to be an actress. But at the time, there wasn't a lot of opportunities for like um, Asian American women to be mm-hmm. on like mainstream media. So that was kind of crushed. I went through like acting school and everything. And they were just like, nope, oh, really? she doesn't have the look. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I, I went to college <laughs> and then I just took on a degree that was easy enough for me to understand that's not STEM. So <laughs> um, and I was bored in my room and I, I just remembered I was like you know what I want to start a YouTube channel because I really love like filming things like making films vlogging I guess before it was even called vlogging at the time and so I just found like an old camera that I had laying around started shooting like lifestyle videos because that was really like popular at the time like doing like outfit hauls and like favorites videos and stuff so I started doing that I really wanted I just really wanted to have like a platform where I felt you know, like I was making a show and that I was like the main character, like what I've always wanted to do. And I called the shots and everything. So that was that was the start and kind of like the reason why I wanted to do it. So good. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. glad that you found your like creative outlet because yeah, you really are natural on screen. You're always very engaging. So when you started, did you have the plan of becoming a full time content creator or when did that become the plan? It was a dream. Definitely when I started, I was looking, I was definitely watching a lot of um, Jen M, who was Close Encounters at the time. And she was in uh, UC Davis um, in California and I was at UC Santa Cruz. And I was just like super inspired that she was just making videos in her dorm room and stuff and all like the fashion videos and makeup videos and doing reviews. And I thought that was really cool. And I was like, wow, like I really wanted to do that. And so, you know, it was always a dream. But then when I graduated college and, you know, student loans (laughs) and stuff and like had to get a job and stuff, that dream kind of like slipped away because I was like, you know what, I have to be practical, got some money to pay back, got to start working full time. So I put that on hold for like about a year and a half. And I started going into the full time. Well, part-time to, and then full-time workforce. I, I just took a couple like retail jobs here and there. And then I started working at like a couple startups in Silicon Valley and stuff and trying to get it, trying to get my footing in like the tech industry. Um, but it didn't really work out. It was tough at the time. I was getting so, I was, I was getting a lot of layoffs <laughs> right. and like I kept getting let go. So like my, 
my luck in the the post grad job hunting realm was just very unlucky. Um, and I just remember I was like, you know, what? I need to take a month off because I, I think I went through like three jobs in the course of a year, yeah. which is really tough. Like it's odd because, you know, as a new grad, I'm, I was like, what's wrong with me? You know, like I did not pick up the skills. I thought the problem was me the whole time. But um, down the road, I realized it wasn't. So mm-hmm. I ended up taking off a year and I was like, something's not working here. Like, I don't get it. Like what's going on? And I just remembered like, I think I was taking care of my sick uncle at the time because no one could watch him. So I volunteered to, since I wasn't doing anything, I just wanted to help my aunt out so she could go to work and so someone would Mm -hmm. watch him. And I just remember like like two in the morning, I just had like this epiphany, this moment where I was like, you know what? Why don't I just pursue a creative career? Because like, it's something I love to do. I love doing YouTube. At the time I had a blog. I loved writing. I loved taking photos for Instagram. You know, I mean... Maybe it's not a full-time job yet. You know, influencer wasn't like really mainstream at the time. But like, I was just like, you know, I kind of, you know, I want to do it. But like being from like an Asian household, like our culture is very like, you have to get like a really prestigious like STEM job, like either a doctor, um, a scientist, lawyer, you know, those really high tier jobs. And like my parents were like, we sent you to college to do this. Why are you not doing it? <laughs> but I was just like, you know what? Like, maybe I should just stop lying to myself. That was like the breaking moment where I was like, I'm pretending to get into like the AR VR space, like like augmented reality and stuff. And like trying to do all this tech stuff that I knew nothing about or really had interest in. I was like, you know what? I am going to purchase my first domain <laughs> on WordPress. <laughs> Let's make a blog. Let's buy a layout or something from Etsy. Let's just start this up and let's see what happens in like a month. And then I remember the next day I called my mom and I was just like, hey, mom, don't be mad. Don't (laughs) worry. But I'm going to pursue being a full time blogger at the time. I wasn't I wasn't doing YouTube, I think. Like mm-hmm. fully, but I was going to integrate it somehow. Like I, YouTube was just a hobby at the time. So I didn't consider that route. I, w- I had a lot of blogger friends. So I thought that was the way to go. So she was like, uh, what is that? <laughs> what is a blogger? And I was like, just a full-time creator, mom. Like, don't yeah. worry about it. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be an artist. <laughs> and she was not very um, enthusiastic, but she was like, okay, as long as you're making your bills. And I was like, okay, that's a mom language for, uh, we'll see if it works out. And if it doesn't, you ask better get <laughs> a job, a real job. So I had to make it happen. But yeah, that's, <laughs> that's yeah. kind of like point where I decided like I'm going to pursue creativity. Yeah, nice. You have a really cool background. I think a lot of people will be able to relate because sometimes it takes a while to find yourself and find something that you, you're really passionate about and that works for yeah. you. And yeah, I completely agree. Like becoming a full-time content creator isn't like a traditional job. So there's a lot of people who might not really understand what it's about. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, you're a full-time content creator from a, a video that I saw from, I think a few months ago, you yeah. said you have three jobs. So I just wanted to ask you, what is it like being a full-time content creator now? What does like your typical mm-hmm. week look like? So that video was actually filmed a year and a half ago. Okay. Okay, so you might have um, changed since then. Yes. Well, yes and no. My perspective has definitely changed. I feel like back then I was just starting to become a full-time content creator. Now I'm really in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I can, yeah, I can fully disclose that the way how I describe full-time content creator, as you said, it's, it, it looks different for everyone. Um, and it's like multiple streams of income. So how my full-time content creator status looks like is I actually do have a nine to five. 
Um, I do work for a corporate company. I can I can disclose it. I work for Adobe. Ah, and very cool. I yeah, and I am a how do I say? I'm like a tech evangelist. Yeah, that's my role. And I represent the product Creative Cloud Express. Now I'm not gonna I'm not about to get too salesy on you guys on this podcast, but basically what I do is I focus on the the product on Creative Cloud Express and I create YouTube videos. That's one of my jobs. I create YouTube videos. I do live workshops. I stream for them. I'm actually starting to do weekly um, live streams on their YouTube channel starting this week. And basically, I just create a lot of content for them to repurpose on their social channels. And I foster and create a community around Creative Cloud Express. And then on the other side, I have all my personal channels, which is like the YouTube channel, um, I'm also a Twitch streamer. Um, and I don't, I retired my blog, so I don't have that anymore. That has changed. And then, you know, I'm on social media, I'm on Instagram, TikTok. I do some like collabs with other creators in the area. I'm just like a full on creative, like at my day job and after work. So that's what my situation looks like right now. If you're listening, make sure to follow Katrina Torrijos on YouTube, Instagram. Yay. Twitch, TikTok, all of that. So you can engage with her even more on all yes, the platforms. Yes, it's just my name. So it's really easy to search me up. <laughs> yeah. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I will have all the links there. Mm-hmm. Definitely that job sounds really interesting. I guess I hadn't thought of that. And the name is very, I don't know, very difficult. It's not just, you know, yeah. content creator for this or something like that. So in terms of finding mm-hmm. a creative job like that, well, how would you recommend people look for that, especially when the titles of the roles could look very different in different companies? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say like how I came about this job is like I started at Adobe as a social media manager. And then after that, after being in that role for like half a year, then I became like a community engagement specialist. So there's a lot of companies that have community sectors in their company. And basically what those um, departments do is they are kind of like the people who interact with the customers and like the community at the forefront. So that's everything like social media, campaigns, if they do live streams, just any time, like any touch point between like the company and the community, like that's where that will fall under. So that's like a really big hint if you really want to get into the community side of things because a lot of like the big campaigns you see on like social on TikTok and stuff it falls under that in terms of like finding like a creator specific role I've seen a lot of different things like different names for it like for mine um, Adobe calls their creators like evangelists but there's also ambassadorships Um, there's also I would say like a lot of the marketing stuff like community or community management is another one too that also deals with a lot of like content creation and talking with people. Um, and then there's like the social media people who like, you know, create the stuff that gets put out. Um, it really depends on like how you want to interact with the community. Um, like some people I know for our live streaming team, they mostly want to just do live streams on Behance and on YouTube. And then like there's the social media people who just want to do things for like just Instagram, like static posts and stuff like that. And then there's another, we have a video team that focuses on YouTube and TikTok and stuff like that. So it just really depends on like what kind of content and how you want to interact. I'm taking tips because, you know, I'm also <laughs> a student, so I'm going to be mm-hmm. looking for jobs very soon. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I do a lot of workshops with the student community. And so they yeah. love like career tips and how to like break into like the corporate world. And stuff. Yes. Yeah. And the other 
thinking in terms of a stream of income is your own content creation outside of your full-time mm-hmm. job. In yeah. terms of making money out of it, if you're comfortable sharing, of course, yeah. what are the ways you get it? You know, Because I know obviously you can get paid a bit by YouTube, but most of the times mm-hmm. people get sponsors or collabs or yeah. other things. So how do you kind of make money out of that? So I would say there's a couple ways. So definitely I do have monetization on my channel. So I do get the AdSense money. and But it's not very much. I would say it's like $15, $20 or something. Okay. Um, and then like a month consistently. But then I think the money, like the, I, I make like a little less than part-time income mm-hmm. from what's it called? My channels. Mm-hmm. So there's the AdSense part on both YouTube and Twitch. And then on, um, I do affiliate marketing through Amazon. So I, I do have like a storefront. I like to link my setup. So that's another tip. Like I have two storefronts, one for my Twitch setup and one for my YouTube setup. Because, you know, people always look at like, oh, like what camera is she using? What mic is she using? You know, people will just look into that. And like if I'm doing a product review, I'll have like an affiliate link. And that seems to work pretty well. I have made like a couple hundred dollars off of Amazon affiliates. It's my most recommended way to go about it. I also do collabs. They're not as often. I probably book like two, two to three collabs per quarter. And that's like two, about like 200 or $300. I'm really cheap compared to like what a lot of like my other creator friends charge. Um, but because I have the nine to five, I don't rely on this yeah. side so much anymore. So that's why I, I'm just realistic about my time. I won't like upcharge like to the thousands because, you know, my following is still pretty small and really niche, but they're still really engaged and supportive of any of collaborative content that I I um, put out. So it's still valuable even it, even though it's a small audience. And then what else? Oh, and then Twitch itself is another one. Um, so with Twitch, there's like subscriptions and stuff. And I think YouTube might be the same with like their memberships model. But on Twitch, like people can sub for like five-ish dollars a month to their favorite creator and it unlocks like perks like emotes or whatever. And so I probably get like one or two hundred a month from that. It's just like very here and there, a couple hundred or whatever. Um, but yeah, it definitely like, like it would add up and like you said you do have your full-time up. job and I think it's good that like you're on the ball you're thinking of all these different ways of like mm-hmm. monetizing as well being like while you're enjoying it so you gave us a lot of valuable information in that so I wanted to kind of look into some of that the first thing you mentioned was the affiliate links mm-hmm. is it easy to set that up and can anyone become part of the affiliate program? Yeah, it is pretty easy to set up. The only thing is you do have to maintain it at least for the I can't remember the threshold, but I think it's like the first 40 days. I don't know. You have like a couple months or something to make one qualified sale. And once you do that one qualified sale, then your account stays active. But if you don't make that sale, that first sale, it, they they shut down your account and you have to reapply. So that's like the only thing. And as someone who just didn't get it in the beginning, I signed up for the affiliate program like five times. Uh, okay. <laughs> but like, but like I wasn't doing the affiliate marketing right or like the video I wasn't putting out was like getting enough interest for people to click. So that's, that's kind of like the hard part, getting the first sale. But after that, 
it, the ball just keeps rolling. And then um, I think it's good to know that you can reapply so many times yeah. and they'll keep letting you in because I think that was a worry yeah. for us as well when we were, when we were looking into it because we applied once and didn't make the sale like you said. So I was like, oh, mm-hmm. do we have to wait now and make, be 100% <laughs> sure so that we don't get kicked out again? So it's good to hear that you did do that five times. And the other thing is you also mentioned that you do work with a few brands. Um, you said that mm-hmm. it's not like that many, but you know, two or three a quarter is still a lot more than maybe a lot of people listening would mm-hmm. have. So are these brands that you reach out or do they reach out to you? How do you get that contact? They actually, all the collabs that I've had actually reached out to me. I don't know how they find me, but they <laughs> they do. I would say my biggest partner right now is with uh, FlexiSpot mm-hmm. and they are a standing desk company and they really like started booming when like the pandemic was happening and everyone was working from home. So it started like they would send me like a little desk riser to make my space better and then I just had to do a video review or something for them and then after that they sent me a whole desk. The desk I'm wow. using right now, I don't think you could see it in the frame, but there's a desk in front of me they sent it and it's a standing desk it's really nice um and then they just like keep hitting me up for stuff and then they like in exchange for youtube videos and then pay me like i said i don't charge much i think they pay me like 400 i think um for the last collab i did with them but they you know it's all about like maintaining your connections and stuff so like the goal is really just to not have one-off partnerships it's to like have a long relationship with these brands because they will come back you every time there's a new campaign they'll think of you so that's kind of like what I've done like I've also partnered with Revive Drinks who did a launch with Safeway Um, I just did a quick reel for them for a couple hundred bucks and they really liked it now they they follow me on Instagram they like all my posts so I know I'm on their radar for Mm -hmm. like the next campaign I also worked with Joby which is like the the tripod company that they make the the gorilla pods yeah I, I mean, that's what oh, I'm trying examples. to manifest. Yeah, I'm trying to manifest one with Celsius. I've been posting okay. a lot of Celsius, like the the energy drinks. Yeah. Um, because I've just been drinking that nonstop, <laughs> and, and they like my posts and stuff. So I'm like manifesting. So I think that's <laughs> a lot. That's the, I think that's kind of like my strategy. How I get these brands to notice me is like one, I put out good work and like I put out a good portfolio on my Instagram with all my collab stuff. But also like it's a lot of manifesting. So like posting a, a lot of pictures like with a certain product or like being really into like um, a brand or something and tagging them and everything, getting them to notice you. One of the big strategies I use to get these um, callbacks. Right. Yeah, that is awesome. Mm-hmm. And so you've shared so many amazing tips with us today. But if there's just one key takeaway that the listeners can take, what would it be? Oh my gosh, this is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> I usually ask this question too when I'm doing interviews um, <laughs> and live streams with guests. And it's so weird being spun back at me. Um, <laughs> this might sound really cliche and I feel like ev- everyone always says this, like all the YouTubers who like give out tips. But really, it really is just get started don't get so wrapped up in the money in the logistics and making sure you have a good set or like having the right equipment because every I can confidently say every creator that I've helped out or that I've like tried to mentor and stuff like all of them struggled the most with just getting started because even before you hit record you get those like imposter syndrome thoughts all in your head you start overthinking everything you start thinking long term but you can't Honestly, you can't think that far ahead unless you've taken the first few steps right in front of you. Don't even worry about being perfect, being like have it making sense <laughs> or anything like or having like good content because, you know, what you think is going to be good is also going to change over time. So really just like 
be in the moment. Just get started. Don't think about what all the haters have not even said about you yet because you didn't put out a video. <laughs> but like, just do you, do what makes you happy. And, you know, if you want to get started on YouTube, just do it. Perfect. Yeah. I think that's a yeah. great way to like motivate people right at the end. So we just, I guess, quickly summarize for everyone listening. Just get started, like we, ju- uh, Katrina just said. The other thing is, if you are looking to becoming a full time content creator, one thing you can look at is, um, you know, jobs with companies at least to get started off with, and look for things like community in the title. And the other thing is, with your own content, look at different strategies to bring money in if that is your goal, and that can be things like having an Amazon affiliate link and also making sure you tag and make contents that brands you like will be seeing and so they can reach out to you when they do make sure you maintain that contact and yeah so thank you so much Katrina for joining us today thank you so much this was this went by so fast I'm sad it's over (laughs) thank you so much for having me of course and I'm I'm sure you went by faster everyone listening because there was so many good tips if you enjoyed listening to this podcast episode make sure you check out a previous episode where we talk about how you can reach your first a thousand subscribers so we'll see you there thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next episode